The horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. All right. Well, it's anything but a regular weekend, and uh, it is upon us, folks. We've been talking about the hype uh, for months now, and now it is here Friday and Saturday. The Breeders' Cup comes to Del Mar, and it looks beautiful out there. It was a little foggy for the works this morning, but uh, it blew off, and it's going to be gorgeous. The turf's going to be firm. The track's going to be fast and in good shape, and uh, we did have two late defections, and I will get that to you because it means one Legit horse is going to be moving into the main body of the race, and uh, it is just going to be fantastic. So get tied on. I'm going to try to give you as much information as I can. Of course, there's plenty of sources on the Internet where you can go, but I've got two of the top gentlemen in the industry uh, to walk us through what's going to happen in the next two days. Both of them are from the Daily Racing Forum. Uh, representing the East Coast, standing five foot nine and weighing it. No, uh, Dan Illman will represent the East Coast. Uh, and believe it or not, they actually uh, they gave him the key to the um, chain that used to keep him on his uh, DRF desk in New York. And I believe Dan is actually out there and getting some uh, vitamin D on the West Coast. So we'll talk to Dan from Del Mar and uh talk to him maybe about some of the the uh, two-year-old races since uh one of the features he does on the daily racing form is spa babies uh so uh, and keeneland babies so he knows a lot about the two-year-olds and then out on the west coast none other than jay privman i didn't think jay'd be able to join us because things are going to be so hectic so i tried to get him on last week he goes well how about you have me on next week i'm like Absolutely. So today is the day that Jay Privman will be with us. Might have some inside skinny on what's going on on the West Coast. Either way, the one thing everybody's going to want to know is who do these guys like in the Breeders' Cup Classic? And uh, when I get onto the betting format, you'll know why. Because if nobody hits the pick, thro- pick fives throughout the two-day card, It's all going to go on the Breeders' Cup Classic where it will be given away. But uh, what a race that's going to be. I mean, it is just great that uh, these uh, the the, the three-year-olds like uh, Hot Rod Charlie and Essential Quality, uh, uh, Medina Spirit are are willing to take on uh, the, the... Older qualified horses, uh, such as Essential Quality, uh, uh, Art Collector, just seems to be uh, getting better and better. Let's not forget horses like, uh, you know, Max Player, uh, Tripoli, who's in really good form right now. So anyhow, it, it's uh, going to be a fantastic final race. But man, there are some great races leading up to it. We're going to get to see some stars of the sport. And then the debate goes on is should Latruska uh, win and none of the major players take down the classic? Could she, would she be 
the horse of the year. I don't know. I'm going to put that to uh, Dan and Jay and, uh, and, and see what they think. So, um, Okay, we're going to be talking Breeders' Cup. Before we get to that, I want to talk about winning ponies. Of course, a day like uh, Friday and Saturday, you're definitely going to want your easy win forms because it's not easy to navigate through this huge sea of horses. Just a great full field. It's going to be fantastic. And... Um, but we get we got a chance just for fun. Doesn't cost anything. Uh, first place, a hundred dollar cold cash, and then we give away you know winning credits so you can sample uh, the easy win forms if you never have. Uh, One hundred seventy five, fifty, twenty five, twenty five, all the way down to uh, fifth and sixth and the closest final time. We're going to do a little bit different this year, kind of keep you engaged a little bit. Um, in each graded Breeders' Cup race on Saturday's card. Now this is Saturday's card. We won't make you too busy. Um, you'll get listed points for first, second, and third. So that is going to, instead of doing a, a trifecta or a superfecta, we decided to change it up a little bit. So uh, that's what you want to do, and it's free and $100 cold cash to the top winner. Make sure you get in, though, before post time of the first race on Saturday. Okay, now, uh, the uh, NBC Sports is going to air coverage on Friday from 5 to 9, and that's Eastern Daylight Time, uh, on NBCSN. Now, on Saturday, it's going to start at 2.30 on NBCSN, and then it's going to jump over to NBC from 8 to 9, uh, which, of course, will cover the classics. So, um, yeah, it's out there, folks. Uh, you'll be able to pull it down, and uh, I wish you best of luck wherever you go. Again, uh, Dan Illman and Jay Privman will be with us to try to uh, – uh, figure out who we need to key. All right. Uh, before we get to all the Breeders' Cup, this just broke because it just happened a few hours ago. Rodney Prescott wrote his 4,000th winner. I've known Rodney since he was an apprentice rider. He won the title and he won the Rodney Dickens Award at uh, – at River Downs, it was called uh, at the time, it's now, now Belterra Park. But what a class guy. So 4,000 races. Um, he's the all-time uh, leading jockey with wins in Indiana. Uh, and now he wrote his first winner. I was there in 94 back at River Downs. And uh, he's had uh, over $31,000 thoroughbred mounts, earning over $57 million. You may not have heard of him, but Rodney Prescott – Great rider if you're betting in the Midwest, but he's an even greater person. Good family man, great father, and just a super guy. So congratulations to my friend Rodney Prescott. Okay, so we've already given you, given you a lineup. Now, just so you know, depending if you, you could be watching uh, online. I'm not sure where you'll be going, but um, the, the races are going to start early. Now, Pacific time. I'm going to go with Eastern Standard Time, okay? So the race one will be at uh, uh, 2.55 East, and then just add three hours all the way up. Now, the first, uh, the uh, uh, Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf Sprint on Friday, that'll be race six, and it looks like that'll be on at 5.50 Eastern, and the... Uh, the program that's called Stars of the Future Friday uh, should uh, go off with the last race 
at 8.30, and that's the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf. Then the Breeders' Cup races start with the Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare Sprint on Saturday, and that'll start at 3.05. And again, uh, the Breeders' Cup Classic uh, is scheduled to go at 8.40, but there'll be a lot of, you know, lead up to that. So get ready, folks. Get whatever you got to get done out of the way early because uh, it's going to be a heck of a two uh, day event. Now, uh, outside of the Breeders' Cup, there you can go on some sites. You'll see where where the favorites have been going and 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 what 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 has been uh, who's getting you a little bit better odds. Who's been getting you like, oh, I want to bet that horse and his odds went down. Well, we as we all know, that's the way that it goes. So uh, you can pretty much uh, find those, and they're not really uh, out out of out of line. So. Who would the singles be? Well, I don't think you can pick one in the classic. Uh, that's for sure. I don't think you can uh, get anybody in in the, the turf. Um, now, uh, in the turf, just want to let you know, here are two of the late scratches. Scratch domestic spending is out of the turf and scratch united. Both of them came up a little bit puffy after their gallops this morning, and they are worth so much, uh, they're not going to take any chance for them. Now, uh, when we're talking about horses uh, you might want a single, uh, and the distaff, of course, we're looking at Latruska. In in the, the mile, that's one of the most wide open races. The favorite right now is Space Blues at 11 to 4. Uh, in, in the sprint, I think we got a single, Jackie's Warrior. Hopefully I won't uh, get that wrong or tout you the wrong way I would. Uh, and then the, the Philly Turf, another one wide open, Warlike Goddess, the current favorite at 3 to 1. Uh, the Dirt Mile, I think you got another single there. I think Life of, is good. Is is going to be good enough to consider a, a single on on that card? Uh, let's see, let's um, move that and uh, that in the turf sprint again, wide, wide open. There's no real, real favorite. I guess Golden Pal uh, would be it right now, but after that, it's it's anybody's race. I think we got a single in the Philly Mare sprint and Gamine. The juvenile, well, that's going to be a tough one. That's going to be, you got Corniche uh, representing the West Coast and Jack Christopher representing the East Coast in this two-year-old boys race. And they're right about neck and neck as they may well be uh, in the race. Then in the juvenile fillies, I think uh, we could uh, probably uh, uh, single uh, Echo Zulu. Uh, The juvenile turf, take out your uh, dart and throw it because that is another one that's wide, wide open. Of course, a lot of these turf races, you want to give an extra look uh, to the European horses. Uh, Same with the juvenile Phillies turf and uh, the uh, juvenile turf sprint. eh, Averly Jane's getting a little bit of pushes the favorite, but sure wouldn't call that a single. So that's a look at some of the, some of the standouts there. And uh, don't forget, we do have our contest coming up. Go over to the site and get that. But rumor has it that Dan Illman is with us. So I am going to uh, cut the first segment a little bit short because I would rather have Dan be talking about the Breeders' Cup because he is the man. All right. I'm John Englehart. 
You're listening to Winning Ponies. We'll be right back with Dan Elman from the Daily Racing Forum. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. BUSR brings you the best options for Triple Crown season, and now is the time to get in on the action. Bet on the Kentucky Derby with BUSR. Enjoy daily rebates and cash bonuses, including up to a $500 welcome bonus for Winning Ponies listeners. Enter promo code PONIES, P-O-N-I-E-S, when you sign up at BUSR.com backslash ponies. Again, that's promo code PONIES, P-O-N-I-E-S, at BUSR.com backslash ponies. Bet with confidence. Bet with BUSR. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show, Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, and as I told you at the top of the show, I do believe that uh, the the, uh, scissors have been taken to the GPS device that keeps Dan Elman chained to the desk at DRF. He's escaped. He's made it to the West Coast. Dan, make sure you wear your sunscreen, buddy. Oh, I absolutely have to, John. Again, I'm hoping I'm hot, but only at the windows uh, because (laughs) I burn very easily. For anyone that watches the Daily Racing Forum YouTube channel, they'll note the rather tasty complexion that occasionally I'll put on, uh, that is not uh, makeup. That is, that is me, unfortunately. Well, well, I guess to, uh, on Sunday, then you just had to pop in the fake teeth and you could hand the candy out <laughs> of Dracula, right? <laughs> oh, well, that's weird, but that's easy, but it's one day a week where I'm considered attractive, John. <laughs> uh well hey i hope you stay a couple extra days and and uh you know enjoy yourself while while you are out there and make it into a little bit of a mini vacation but you are there we are here now uh what what, there's a couple things i want to get to see if we can walk through it number one want to talk to the most recent race uh i didn't think this was a real name at first but big ass fans uh race uh, because uh, you and Mike Beer, now you're just going to give us a little thumbnail sketch right now, but t- t- I'm telling people, go to drf.com. It's it's a great thing. It's almost daily. You don't work these guys quite to death seven days a week, but it's interesting listening to Dan and, and, and Mike go, usually go back and forth a little bit. Um, but on this rare race, ladies and gentlemen, both their first and second pick was the same. Now, I will save that uh, for, for Dan. And, uh, 
Then maybe I can touch on Dan for two of the Friday races because, as we said, he's got the spa baby. He's got the Keeneland babies. He watches the two-year-olds. He knows the two-year-olds. And then, of course, it's the 1,200-pound uh, thoroughbred in the corner that are going to be going to post in the uh, Breeders' Cup Classic. Everybody wants to know who Dan likes there. So, Dan, with no further ado, let me try to take that in order because, again, you know, maybe I just watch the shows on certain days where you guys come up with different horses. But you and Mike usually have a different way of uh, approaching races or coming up with your horses. And you most often come up with slightly different horses. But if we're looking at the big-ass fans, Breeders' Cup, Dirt Mile, I think that we want a single life is good. And if you're playing an exacta, put Silver State underneath. And that's not really, you know, a, a clever opinion on Mike and, and, and my part. Uh, I think everybody is going to be trying to key <laughs> that exactly. They're the two favorites on the morning line. And why not? Life is good. has just been tremendous uh, from his five starts. Before Medina Spirit was Medina Spirit, Life is Good was the stalwart three-year-old on the West Coast. After he destroyed Medina Spirit in the San Felipe by eight lengths, he was on his way to probably the Santina Derby and then the Kentucky Derby. He got hurt. So he comes back. He has a gut-busting first race back in the Allen Jerkins against Jackie's Warrior, who's going yeah. to be a prohibitive favorite in the sprint. He runs huge, and then he comes back, and he's got the perfect prep in the Kelso against three overmatched horses. He barely broke a sweat. This horse handles two turns. He's going to get a great trip sitting off a stretch-out sprinter named Jasper Prince. And he's simply the horse to beat. Silver State, I respect him. He's the Met Mile winner. He ran a very good race last time out in the Parks Dirt Mile. He had a lot of trouble, and he also beat himself when he pulled himself up after he made the lead. But I think life is good to get the jump on him, and I think at a short price, life is good is going to win the big-ass fans. Breeders' Cup Mile. Dirt Mile. <laughs> I I just love that name. I'm, I'm glad that one got by who the, the, the powers to be, but they are very good pieces of equipment. I will give you that. Now, um, that, don't forget, now, Friday is the 5th, so I've got to make sure I get to the right notebook. But yeah, here, what they do is they're calling it the Stars of the Future Friday. Dan, you make it part of your, your daily living to fi follow these Stars of the Future. Um, let's let the... Uh, the, the, the ladies go first because he could be talking about a single here. Echo Zulu's just been next and withers above uh, the rest of the competition this year. Uh, and that's nobody wanted to come and face her. It's only a half a dozen going to post in the uh, Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies. Well, she's neck and withers from a buyer speed figure standpoint, that's for sure. Any one of her three buyer speed figures would qualify as the fastest race any of these Phillies has ever run. There is a question mark. There always is in horse racing. Echo Zulu's got to go two turns for the first time. And this will be a much tougher field than the one she faced in the Frisette when she dominated them going a one-turn mile. I don't think that was a very good field at all that she beat. She's facing two legitimately good fillies. Uh, Hidden Connection, perfect two for two. I mean, you know, can you ask for anything more from Hidden Connection? Two starts. She's won by a combined, what, 16 and three-quarter lengths. And then you've got Juju's map, who I think might be the most interesting horse in the race because she won the Alcibiades around two turns. She stayed up close to a fast pace, and she still was able to sprint on home after repelling multiple challenges. Uh, she goes out for Brad Cox, and she reminds me a lot of the Brad Cox two-year-old filly that won on the turf last year, Breeders' Cup uh, Day, Aunt Pearl, a horse with speed, high crew losing speed and keeps going. So, yes, I think Echo Zulu is the horse to beat. I picked Echo Zulu. I think she's going to either go to the front or sit second. 
and she's just the fastest on the way in. But Juju's map might be able to make her run a little bit. Well, I, I was there for Juju's mass, uh, Juju's map race right on the finish line. And I'm telling you what, that horse's stride it was just beautiful. The way she finished out, the only guy that's ever been on her, Florent Jarou, will be back up. So, And it's interesting, too, that you point out, because of the size of the tracks back east, that uh, it be the first time for two turns for Echo Zulu, but she hasn't had much problem handling the competition so far. So uh, that'll be the big Philly race on Friday. Uh, the big boy race, uh, it looks like uh, the... Uh, a Breeders' Cup Juvenile, it, it could be a case of inside-outside. You got Jack Christopher in this corner representing the East Coast. And breaking from post position number t- 12, representing the West Coast, is none other than Corniche. They seem you to be the top nailed team. the storyline for that race, boy. I tell you. Um, I, uh, I tell you, they, they bookend the field. You have the best horse on the East, Jack Christopher, the best uh, two-year-old on the West in Corniche. And... This post position 12, I'm interested in your thoughts on this. This post position 12 doesn't seem very easy for Corniche considering his speed. He's got to go. Yeah, he, he, he does have to go, which which could hurt him. But again, uh, didn't have to ship, has a win over the track, albeit that was a sprint. Uh, you know, has has won at a mile and the 16th, which will uh, be the uh, the distance of Friday's race and a guy by the name of Mike Smith, but the outside post, Hey, just do the math. Yeah. It's going to cost it. Now, Jack Christopher breaking from the inside, which he did last time, but Dan, that was against a six horse field. You know what I mean? In horse racing, anything can happen and you get this many precocious two-year-olds. You just don't know if there's going to be a spot there early on for Jack Christopher. So they could be beneficial or they could hurt either horse. Oh, it's a fair point to be sure. Plus, Jack Christopher has the same situation as Echo Zulu. This is an East Coast two-year-old facing two turns for the first time. He's done nothing wrong, obviously. Two for two. His win in the Champagne was impressive. And if you go back and you watch the Champagne and your formulator past performance, as you click on the comment line, the video comes up. I think what Jose Ortiz is going to do on Friday, tomorrow at uh, Del Mar, is the same thing he did in the Champagne, where he broke... He let the speed go, and he tried to get to the outside. Now, it was easy, I guess, enough in the champagne. It worked out beautifully, and he was able to pull it off. Will he be able to pull that off here? I think he can. While the Japanese horse Jasper Great has shown speed in Japan, I don't think that horse has the pace to go with both Jack Christopher and Corniche early. I'm expecting Jack Christopher to come out of there running. I'm expecting Corniche to come out of there running. I'm expecting at some point somebody to play that game of chicken, and I think Jack Christopher will blink first to let Corniche clear off, get to the outside, and take his shot. I've been very impressed with Jack Christopher thus far. Uh, I, I, you have to use him. The horse that he beat in the Champagne might have a lot of upside, though. Keep an eye on the number 10, Command Performance, a maiden running in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, but a maiden trained by Todd Pletcher. He ran really well in his debut over a muddy track that was a speed-favoring track. He tried to come from last. He ran really well. Uh, the winner of that race was the only experienced horse in a field of eight other first-time starters, command performance being one of them. And then the champagne again. Four wide on the back stretch. Jack Christopher got the jump on him. Command performance couldn't run him down. But I think command performance is going to give a command performance. Whether it's good enough to take down Jack Christopher, I'm not sure. I wouldn't be surprised if we got a repeat of the champagne one-two. 
Uh, it it very well could be, Dan. You make some good points right there. And yes, I, I do have plenty of uh, colored marks uh, by the running lines of, of uh, uh, command performance for sure. Well, again, thanks for helping us with those with those baby races on, on Friday. Now, we're going to get we're going to get to the Breeders' Cup class, but I just wanted to, you know, pick your 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 brain a little bit. There's kind of a debate going on that I've been listening today in the the Twitterverse and on uh, uh, TVG and things like that. And it was uh, it was uh, st- stirred up. And basically, this uh, guy he's pretty well known nationally. Uh, hell, I'll say his name, Ed DeRosa, and he pretty much came out and said that uh, even if Everybody in the the Breeders' Cup Classic stubs their toe, and Latriska wins her race. There's no way she should be Horse of the Year. What's your feeling about that? And when they say the we don't know who the big well, let's just say Hot Rod Charlie, Essential Quality, Nick's Go, and Medina Spirit. I guess they would all be the standouts. It, it, they'd all potentially be sitting on a Horse of the Year uh, vote. Um, what, what's your feelings, Dan Elman? That's a very that is a very very interesting statement because let me let me try to get this right because maybe I'm wrong. So what what Ed's saying is if Triple E let's say wins the Breeders' Cup Classic and Hot Rod Charlie doesn't run well, Essential Quality doesn't run well, Nixco doesn't run well, etc., and Latruska wins the Breeders' Cup Distaff, Latruska's not Horse of the Year. Boy, I, I I would probably disagree with that, or at least that would have to be a an argument that would probably go on for way more than this uh, one hour uh, radio program. Because uh, look at if Latruska wins, it would be six in a row. It would be five Grade Ones this year. She's danced every single dance. This Breeders' Cup Distaff Field is no cakewalk, certainly from a class standpoint, certainly from a pace standpoint. And if the big names get beat in the Breeders' Cup, well, okay. Uh, well, Hot Rod Charlie's win this year, not counting the Haskell, he was disqualified. Well, it was the Pennsylvania Derby. That's his grade one. That's not enough to win it. Essential quality, when the Travers and the Belmont, depends on where he is in the Classic. If he runs second, maybe you make a case. Certainly champion three-year-old. And Nick's go. His grade one win this year, other than the Pegasus World Cup, is the Whitney. So if he runs poorly, I don't know if you can make him horse of the year. I think that would be really open for debate. I think if Latruska wins and something nutty happens in the Classic, you can certainly make a case for Latruska. I'm kind of in your camp, and you know, it's not unheralded. I mean, I don't have my racing manual in front of me, but uh, I think there were horses uh, by the name of Zenyatta that didn't win the no, I believe she won the Classic, but uh, there's been at least three horse of the years that didn't come out of the Breeders' Cup Classic, so it wouldn't be the first time it ever happened. Anyhow, it's up for debate. It's out there. People are going back and forth. It's just, as you know, it's kind of fun to watch. I, I, I don't engage myself in that kind of banter, my, but I will watch, and sometimes I drop my jaw at some of the things that are said. But uh, uh, needless to say, uh, you know, we got to... F- not the biggest field, but boy, we got some just amazing fields. And Dan, you know, we could talk for an hour about what's out there. Um, but you, you look, you look at some of these grass races and, you know, maybe the euros have the edges and some of that, but I digress. What we want to get to is the one that everybody's talking about the race. We just alluded to, uh, the Breers cup classic, uh, a mile and a quarter. And again, we, I think we just named all the main, the main players in here. And, uh, I, I guess, one question that hangs out there for the horse that could potentially be the favorite next go is um, 
you'd be betting on a horse to do something he'd never done before against the best quality field he's ever run against, and that's race a mile and a quarter. And I think you just hit the nail on the head from a gambling standpoint. You have to find out what price you are willing to take. And I'm not willing to take Nixco as the favorite doing something he has never done before. Do I respect Nixco? You have to respect him. He's a brilliantly fast horse, and he has carried his speed a mile and an eighth with alacrity in his last three races. Now he's got to go a mile and a quarter. And it's not like he's got to go a mile and a quarter and he's just going to be loose, freewheeling on the lead and having a good time. Medina Spirit, he likes to be on the front end. Uh, Hot Rod Charlie, he likes to be close to the pace. You can't tell me that Nick's go is going to have a cakewalk on the front end here at a short price. If he wins, hats off to him. He deserves to be horse of the year. And Brad Cox has done a super job with him. But at a short price... I got to try to find somebody to beat him with. Well, uh, there are certainly some options in there. Uh, you, you know, uh, Hot Rod Charlie's kind of been the Rodney Dangerfield of the uh, the three year old crop, but Nick's goes uh, you know, stable mate, essential quality. I mean, um, if, if that horse didn't finish a length behind Medina's spirit. Uh, he would have won the Kentucky Derby, and we'd be talking about this horse in uh, secretariat-like fashion. He just seems that's to know right because he'd be nine for fin- nine coming in, John. Yeah, I mean, he, he he just seems to know he's not setting track records every time, though. He's uh, three of his last four races were solid, one hundred plus buyers. Um, he just seems to know how to win, and Luis Saez seems to know how to get him there, and we know he can win at a mile and a quarter. You're you're really you really again described essential quality to a T. He is steak. He is not exactly sizzle. He shows up every single time with his lunch pail. He punches the clock. He gets the job done. And more often than not, eight of nine times in his life, the only loss coming in the Derby, a race where he was very wide and he got beat a length as the favorite. Uh, the, every eight or nine, he gets the job done, and it's not like he's running slow races. I thought he beat Hot Rod Charlie on the square in the Belmont going a mile and a half. Hot Rod Charlie was on the lead. The central quality was wide. They threw it down for the last five-eighths of a mile. The central quality was better. Uh, in the Travers last time out, he showed his essential quality, which is his tactical speed. This is a horse that came from nine lengths out of it to win the Breeders' Cup Juvenile last year. He sat second in the Travers off a good horse, Midnight Bourbon, and he outgamed him all the way down to the line. And in the Jim Dandy, the one race in his last four where he didn't earn a triple-digit buyer, again, go back and watch that race. He won by a half length. He was probably five lengths the best. Louis Sias was so confident in him, he must have had him in the sixth path all the way around the track. <laughs> he got a hot dog at the grandstand, and he still was able to beat those horses. Uh, I respect this horse immensely. I respect the three-year-olds, and that's where I want to go in here. Uh, I think uh, Hot Rod Charlie's a brilliant horse. He's a little quirky, which is why the blinkers are coming on again. Uh, I respect Medina Spirit. I think Baffert has got him good again. Uh, I think both of those horses, they like to be on the lead. I think they're at their best when they control the pace. And when Knicks go in the race, that may not happen. But I know essential quality can do a little bit of anything. He is adaptable to the pace scenario. Maybe the price won't be great, but uh, it's hard to knock this horse, and, and I want to back him on Saturday. All right, Dan, it's been fantastic. We'll be talking with Dan Elman from the Daily Racing Forum. And I'm so glad you were able to uh, escape from the Big Apple and get out there. And coming up next, a guy that uh, uh, 
Well, you work with, but you only work about uh, 8,000 miles from each other, none other than Jay Privman. So hopefully you'll uh, bump into him in the press area over the next two days, and you guys can share some uh, some stories and maybe some winning tickets. But Dan Elman, thanks a million for being with us. And hey, don't forget to put that sunscreen on, okay? I appreciate the reminder. And again, best of luck to everybody listening out there. Have a great Breeders' Cup. It's going to be a sensational two days. All right, that was Dan Elman, and now we're going to talk to another gentleman from the Daily Racing Forum, none other than Jay Privman. I'm John Engelhart, and you are listening to Winning Ponies on Breeders' Cup Weekend. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. BUSR brings you the best options for Triple Crown season, and now is the time to get in on the action. Bet on the Kentucky Derby with BUSR. Enjoy daily rebates and cash bonuses, including up to a $500 welcome bonus for winning ponies listeners. Enter promo code PONIES, P-O-N-I-E-S, when you sign up at BUSR.com backslash ponies. Again, that's promo code PONIES, P-O-N-I-E-S, at BUSR.com backslash ponies. Bet with confidence. Bet with BUSR. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free. 1-866-472-5788 or send us an email at show at winningponies.com John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, with us now, none other than Jay Privman. I try to save him for the big ones when we get around to uh, major races on the West Coast, uh, the uh, Kentucky Derby Trail, and, of course, the Breeders' Cup, and it's out in his neck of the woods this year. Uh, Jay, uh, you're not going to have to worry about any airline miles this time, huh? (laughs) No, I'm not adding to the frequent flyer tally but I, I get to sleep in my own bed and it's only a 15 minute drive to the track so it's nice to have a home game 
Well, uh, now, Jay, we're going to have plenty of, uh, of Breeders' Cup talk. But before we get to that, uh, in, in exploring some old interviews you did with some different outlets, uh, I found that you have every ticket stub from every sporting event or concert you've ever attended. Um, do you just have uh, volumes of albums? How do you store them? <laughs> yeah, a lot of them were in shoeboxes for a while. Uh, and, you know, I can't really say that anymore because now yes, most tickets are, are, are on an app and you just scan it and go in. Um, so I, I, and you can't really save that. <laughs> so no. uh, maybe they can come up with non-fungible tokens of tickets or something like that. But I, I can't, I, 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 you know, back in the day when you got a, a real ticket stub, uh, I saved them all. But, but in the last year or two, I've definitely gone to, uh, you know, sporting events where there was no stub to be had when the event was over. It's terrible. I got, I, 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 it's I, sad. I it makes me sad. I do, but the problem is mine are everywhere. I, I guess maybe, you know, in full retirement, I'll just sit down some month and go through them. You know, I stumble across <laughs> old Springsteen tickets, Rolling Stones for $3 and 50 cents. Oh my God. <laughs> they, wow. Yeah, think about that, you know. Uh, uh, the, uh, it, it's just great going through these drawers. It's like, oh, my God, I forgot about that. I forgot about that. But, uh, no, it's great because you, you, you're one. You're a big fan of music, obviously a fan of sporting events. And I think it's just kind of neat to grab one of those old tickets and you kind of reflect who you went with and how the concert was and things like that. It's, uh, But, yeah, and, and this new day and age, Jay, we're yeah, I don't know. Unless we print off our phone, I guess we're not going to have those uh, easy grab memories. No, and they don't. They don't even really want you to bring a, a printout anymore. They just rather just scan it off your iPhone and in you go. And uh, it's 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 a different it's a different world now. So, but I've got some great old ticket stubs from like you from concerts and sporting events from uh, over many years. So they they're they're be fun. There's still enough fun memories to be had from them. All right. Well, hopefully we're going to create some new fun memories over the next two days. Looks like, as usual, at Del Mar, uh, we don't have to worry about uh, any, uh, you know, weather situations or, you know, uh, turf type things. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think uh, there. I want to get your read on this. It's out there in the Twitterverse and everything. But uh, um I, I'll have to uh, paraphrase for Ed DeRose, but basically he said that even if one of the big boys in the Breeders' Cup Classic stubs their toes, uh, Latruska still shouldn't get Horse of the Year. You agree with that statement? Uh, generally speaking, yes, I do. Uh, and I'll tell you why. And it's something I've written about many times over the years, and I'm glad there's other people who I'm assuming Ed comes, you know, I'll tell you the reason why, and I'm assuming Ed is coming from the same uh, perspective that I am, but, you know, I don't think a horse who runs exclusively in restricted races should be considered a front runner for Horse of the Year. Uh, you know, I think essential quality to be Horse of the Year needs to beat older horses, to step out of the division and beat older horses, and not only win in restricted races, in other words, for three-year-olds only. Petruska has run in restricted races, races for, for for females only, and to me to to have for me to have given her a 
a look at Horse of the Year, she would have had to run in a non-restricted race at some point. Not necessarily the Classic, but it would have been nice if, if they want, went in the Classic, but they didn't think it was in her best interest, and they decided not, not to run there. And that's fine. I mean, manage the horse the way you believe is in her best interest, but when it comes to my vote, I'm not going to vote for a horse who ran in a restricted race. Uh, so I agree with the that sentiment. Well, that's see, there's there's always other sides to the story because uh, uh, Ed was really getting jumped on, on on air today, pretty good. But no, no, you you make an you make an excellent case, and it's a good good way to, to base your opinion. So that's why we have award winning writers like Jay Privman on Winning Ponies to hear things like that. Well. Uh, Coming in, I know Friday is kind of stars of the future. We've got, you know, we just don't know. I kind of leaned on Dan for those races since he kind of specializes in them. It looks like the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf is may well belong to the Euros. I mean, I think they've got about half the field. And uh, from what I understand, they're bringing a lot of top credentials with them. I don't know a lot of the European runners. Um, and then uh, the other one that's totally wide open is the uh, Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies Turf. But, the, you know, that's going to be Friday, and they're kind of reserving that for that. Saturday seems to be held back for uh, some, some of the the bigger races, or uh, we'll soon find out, obviously, huge uh, full fields uh, like the uh, Breeders' Cup turf. And as you probably know, uh, United and domestic spending out of that race now. So I'm guessing Channel Maker will draw in from the also eligibles. Did you hear anything about that? Yeah, I actually wrote about that in my racing form story, which is online at drf.com, and I tweeted about it. Um, he is in the race, and I talked to his trainer, Bill Mott, and he said they intend to run. Great. Well, he he looked great in the the morning workouts today. I I will say that. But boy, uh, a very interesting uh, race. Uh, now last year's uh, Breeders' Cup Turf winner uh, returns uh, Tarnawa, an Irish bred, and boy, what a record she brings in. Uh, she's she's won over four point four million. But what's interesting, Jay, is she's won three point seven million going the distance of the Turf Cup. A mile and a half. That's that's pretty solid. No, she's obviously rock solid. She's going to be a, a heavy favorite now with the, I think, the acknowledged second choice in the race, domestic spending coming out of there. Um, you know, she's certainly the horse to beat. Uh, I give Walton Street a, a, a big chance in the race. I thought his race in the Canadian International was terrific. The he looks like he's been pointed for the Breeders' Cup because he ran early in the year and then he had a nice break. Uh, this will be his third start of his form cycle. And his race in the Shima Classic in Dubai was against, you know, horses that would all be top contenders in this race, Mishrif, Chronogenesis, and Loves Only You, who ended up going in the Philly and Mare Turf. So uh, he, he's a big, he's a better price, and so I'll I'll be using him in the, sequential wagers and if, if he's a big enough price i might even weigh in on him but i've got nothing uh to to say from a negative standpoint about tarnawa she's as solid as can be and it's going to be very tough to beat in the race 
Yeah, that just really struck me. 3.7 million go in the distance. That's pretty damn impressive. Now, um, the the race before that, if we were, you know, leading into uh, uh, pick threes, going up to the uh, the classic or whatever your bet of choice is, there's plenty of them. Uh, do we single Latruska? Because it, it does look like she's going to have a little bit of company with her on the, on the front end. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't single her. I, I picked her fourth. I think she's beatable in this race. I think she's going to have some pace company, like you said. Uh, and I also think that, you know, she's had a tough campaign. She started in January and, and has raced all over the country, and she's had an admirable campaign from that standpoint. But um, it is, often this catches up to you, and this will be her first start at Del Mar. She had a work last weekend that was uh, not impressive. Uh, she has had some couple of good gallops subsequent to that uh so she seems to be doing better i was really against her after the work but i still think she's vulnerable in here and she's going to be a short price because i think a lot of people might be inclined to single her and the the three i'm going to use to beat her are malathat who i thought ran terrific in the alabama and and her coaching club american oaks was i think a function of the way the race unfolded but i think she's very solid uh she dares the devil already owns a win over this track and owns a win over Latruska. So to me, there's nothing wrong with her. And Clarier has really impressed me with the way she's trained. I think all three of those have a chance to beat Latruska and I'm going to go uh, four deep in here uh, to, to get through it. But obviously want, I don't want Latruska to keep me from hitting a pick six, but I would like her to not be part of my pick six with one of the other three beating her. That's what I would like to see happen. Uh, well, uh, Jay Privman, uh, what that will do is certainly open up your odds for the three horses that you stated, because you know that uh, she's certainly going to be bet or over bet uh, in in that race. So that's, it's very interesting, but she's never raced at Del Mar. And uh, yeah, that wasn't the, the world's most sensational. Hey, I'm glad I'm at Del Mar underneath her feet in, in that workout. So uh, we will find out. All we know is there's no such thing as a sure thing. Well, while, while, while you're making tickets that go across, like, in the ninth, the, the, the Breeders' Cup mile, um, I, I just got marks all, all over this thing, and, and none of them are a big old star saying this is the horse to beat. Um, how, If you're going four deep in the in the distaff, how deep are you going in the Breeders' Cup mile? Uh, I was going to go five deep here because I'm going to be I'm going to be much narrower in other races, but. Uh, I think the two Godolphin horses in here are the are the top two horses, but I'm going to try and beat Space Blues, who's going to be the favorite, with his stable bait, Master of the Seas, who drew well. Uh, and and like uh, Walton Street I was talking about earlier, it looks like he's been pointed for this. He got a nice break after the 2,000 guineas. This is also his third start of the form cycle. And over the years, John, this has served me well at the Breeders' Cup, gambling on... European horses who got a break during the summer and were campaigned as though the Breeders' Cup was something they were pointing for as opposed to an afterthought. His last race, I think, kind of dirties up his form. He ran on soft ground at Ascot. He didn't like it. Uh, And I think getting back on firm ground and from where he's drawn, he's a very interesting upset possibility in here. Uh, So that's who I like best. I have great respect for Space Blues. Uh, 
Uh, I think smooth like straight will be very tough uh, on on the front end. Uh, so those are those are a few of the ones that I uh, that I'm going to use. But the one that I'm going to be most in on is Master of the Seas, who's twelve to one on the morning line. All right. Well, thank you very much. I'm just sitting here marking up my daily racing form while we speak. Well, uh, again, uh, let, let's move on to, to the race that uh, everybody's been been talking about. Uh, you know, the stable mates could run one, two, an up and coming horse could prove that he's the real deal. Uh, and, uh, then you've got, uh, the Rodney danger field of racing hot rod, Charlie, probably the, the best horse in the field that don't get no respect. And let's not forget a horse that right now is officially the winner of the Kentucky Derby in Medina spirit. Uh, how do you, how do you see it shaping up? I guess a lot of people are looking at this from a visual perspective, since th- th- those horses. I guess the one I didn't mention was you know Art Collector, the two stable mates, Essential Quality and Nixco. Um, th- these horses are all within a length or two of each other on their best day. They are. Uh, you know, I really think this is an exceptional crop of three-year-olds, and I think the two best. Uh, the second half of the year have been Hot Rod Charlie and Essential Quality. And I've been impressed with the way both have trained here. Essential Quality has looked tremendous since he got in here uh, earlier this week. And I think both of those horses are peaking and are going to run giant races. I have a, you know, how could you not respect Nick's go? He just keeps pounding out two-turn wins. My only concern with him is that He's never run beyond a mile and an eighth, and he's going to have to yes. try and see out a mile and a quarter here. Uh, and at, being as he's the favorite to try and do that, uh, I don't know that you're going to get fair value on him to accomplish that. And he's going to have, I would think, some horses leaning on him early, uh, most notably Medina Spirit, who's going to be you know, close if, to him. And so he's going to have to shake that horse off. And as we know, he's, he's a bulldog. And then still hold off bids from Hot Rod Charlie and a stable made essential quality. So I like Hot Rod Charlie and essential quality best in here. Yeah. And also to soften up next go could be art collector. I mean, you know, he could be the now horse, you know, uh, last three races, three plus buyers. I just feel he's just, uh, just a tad under the class edge that these other horses you just mentioned have. I, I think he's promising. I think he'll be an, ex, an exciting horse to watch. I hope they keep him in racing. Um, but I just don't think he's quite uh, in the conversation with Hot Rod Charlie, Essential Quality, Nick's Go, and, and Medina Spirit. I wish him all the best. But I, I, I do think, though, most probably if he runs his race, he'll be part of that pace scenario you talked about. Yeah, I think he'll be close. I don't think he's as fast as Nick's Go, but he's he, always going to be forwardly placed and hopefully he can push the pace along, but like Nick's go, he's never gone a mile and a quarter. Uh, so that's a big question for him. You know, the other horse, John, who I think is going to be prominent is max player. He's not uh, you know, fast enough to take the lead, but before his last race, they had stated that they wanted him to be uh, uh, used early and, and be forwardly placed that they thought that gave him his best chance and it worked out he won and, and i talked to his trainer steve Askerson the other day and he said they're they're going to utilize similar strategy here he's not fast enough to be in front but he's going to be pressing the pace because that's you know, him being into the race early is what has given him his best success recently so i think the pace will be legitimate and 
I think that Hot Rod Charlie, we've seen he can sit and finish. And essential quality is the kind of horse who, if the pace is slow, he can be right up there. And if it's real fast, he'll sit back and blast home. He, he seems to be able to adjust to any kind of scenario. Well, i just saying, if you held a gun to my head, gave me $50 and said, John, you can bet on one horse in this race, I'd have to go to essential quality, Jay. Yeah, I, I, and I couldn't disagree with you. I mean, he's, I, there's nothing wrong with him. Uh, his races are good. And like I said, he's really caught the eye in the way he's trained here this week. Well, uh, Jay, what's kind of good for you in, in this year's uh, Breeders' Cup is uh, it's a home game. It, it is, yes. It's really nice to have it just 15 minutes down the road from where I live. And it's uh, it's nice to work out of the press box that I am I know the ins and outs of the place. I know the the, the ways to sneak into the backstretch, uh, you know, which came in handy the other morning. So it's all good. <laughs> well, uh, you, now just kind of tell you, like, like your day as, as one of the lead writers for the Daily Racing Forum, and, and luckily because it looks like they're go- they're going to give you a, a little more time than twenty four uh, uh, minutes between each race. So you're you're going to get from the press box down to the winner's circle, make sure you get your own quotes, then get back up there and file a story X number of times a day. Is that possible? Well, no, John. I mean, if you've been reading the Racing Forum uh, website or, or the print edition, you'll know that we've got a number of people out here doing, you know, that, that have been assigned various races and so my two races on saturday for instance would be the dirt mile and the classic and so i will be responsible for writing the recaps of those races and i would watch those races from the press box there's a an express elevator or i can just run down the stairs because i know the, the the route to the winner's circle from the press box uh uh down you know which way to go and where to where to get off on the second level to cut across and then the one last uh, place to go. (laughs) So it it all works out that way. So yes, I'll do those two races and some of my colleagues will do some of the other races. So it's, uh, we, we've, we've got it spaced out where it's not like there's just one person here trying to cover nine races. Well, I I love reading you for, for, for many, many years, Jay. Uh, what's nice is you're going to kind of go into the thing a little bit relaxed, take a little bit of a breather today and only be in 15 minutes from the track. That's got to be sensational. Everybody else is worried about how they're going to get there. Where's their hotel? I'm sure Breeders' Cup weekend. Everybody's not 15 minutes away from the track. So, uh, you you got a great go of it right there, but, uh, I I really appreciate you joining us. I wish you nothing but the best and, uh, uh, good luck getting all those, uh, concert and sports tickets into some albums. (laughs) And you as well. Thank you. And, uh, let's, let's cash some tickets this weekend, my friend. I like it. Well, with with, you, with your picks here this evening, I, I've certainly got a, a, a way to go to jack myself up. So, uh, Jay Privman, thanks a million for joining us. I love it. Have a great time. All right. You too, John. Thanks. All right. That was Jay Privman from the Daily Racing Forum. Uh, and then earlier we had uh, Dan Illman from the Daily Racing Forum. Two great guys, excellent handicappers, and What's great is about the sport of racing is we've all got an opinion, and we, we heard uh, 
both sides of the uh, Latruska debate out there in the Twitterverse right now. God, you got to love this sport. But if you do love this sport, this is the weekend to fall in love with it. Good luck. And don't forget, come on over to winningponies.com. We've got our own contest going. Cost you nothing to get in. It's just on Saturday's card. One, two, three in all of the graded stakes races leading up to the Breeders' Cup Classic. For Jay and Dan, I'm John Engelhart. Have a great Breeders' Cup Friday and Saturday. And remember, bet with your head, not over. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. We hope the information from today's show will benefit you at the next post. Join us for more insight next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Also, look for our weekly newsletter. Have a great week, and may your photos always be winners.